You were living your life, climbing the ladder and carving out a career for yourself. You had big plans and big ideas. And then you had a baby and everything changed. Just like that. All of it came to a screeching halt. Maybe you kept working or maybe you stayed home. Either way, your world suddenly became very small. And though you were never alone, you were always lonely. You silently asked yourself, where did I go? Who is that tired looking woman staring back at me in the mirror? Until you remembered something very important. You aren't just a mother. You are a mother plus artist, a mother plus entrepreneur, a mother plus musician, a mother plus yogi. You can have an identity outside of motherhood. My name is Stacy Hudson. I'm a mother to two under four, plus writer, certified health coach, aspiring entrepreneur, and athlete. My name is Stephanie Springer. I'm a mother to 10 and 15-year-old girls, plus writer, music therapist, producer, singer, and teacher. Here, we will interview mom bosses, entrepreneurs, artists, athletes, and passionate hobbyists and talk about how to find the thing that lights you up again. You're in there. We know it. You just have to find her again. Welcome to the Mother Plus Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Mother Plus Podcast. I'm Stephanie Springer, and this week we are breaking with our usual routine so I can bring you another solo episode because I have something timely to discuss today. The topic of taking a momcation, aka getting the hell out of Dodge without your kids, has been a hot one on this podcast lately. Almost exactly a year ago, we had Laura Guska on the show talking about her bold choice to take a vacation completely alone. It sparked some great conversations and actually inspired our most recent guest, Lucy Hutchings, to take one herself. You can listen to last week's episode to hear the details and most importantly, listen to Lucy speak so confidently, unapologetically and passionately about how she chose to take this trip. Her resolve that it was, in her words, non-negotiable made me want to jump up and cheer her on. So getaways for moms can take many forms. You can truly fly solo, like Lucy and Laura. You could get away with girlfriends or a sibling. And of course, there's the tried and true couples trip. And that's what I want to talk about today, as my husband and I have an annual tradition of taking a long weekend to Estes Park, our favorite mountain town. We happened to be there over President's Day weekend, right after we'd recorded our episode with Lucy. So the importance of a kid-free retreat was top of mind for me as I prepared for my trip. So what I want to talk about today are the three stages of the kid-free getaway. The preparation slash anticipation, the escape itself, and the dreaded re-entry. So my husband and I have gone on this three-day winter weekend for 14 years now, taking only one year off when we had a new baby at home. This time is sacred. We absolutely need it. And I crave it for weeks, if not months, when I can see it looming on the calendar and I book our lodging, spa treatments, and restaurants for the weekend. And then the countdown is on. So some might say in order to really count, a momcation should just be you, like no distractions, nobody else. And to be honest, that does sound freaking amazing, and I totally aspire to do that someday. But there's also obviously a huge value in prioritizing couple time when you have kids, whether it's date night or a weekend away or a full-blown vacation. It's super important to carve out that time for connection. And so as tensions are swirling every year prior to our trip, we've survived the holidays, 
We're barely surviving winter. School activities are ramping back up. There's always some kind of drama. I realize how helpful it will be for the two of us to relax together, to just unpack things, unplug, debrief from the craziness of the preceding months, and remember who we are as people and who we are as a couple. And so I'm seriously just so ready to get away. And as I've said, we've booked our condo, which is lovely, like rustic chic and has a hot tub on a private deck. We've decided where we're eating. We've made reservations. This year, we've booked massages that are like even more decadent and longer than usual. And so aside from packing, we're totally ready. And every single year, the same thing happens. About a week or two before our trip, I go absolutely batshit crazy. I am irritable, I am moody, I'm restless. In short, I am unpleasant to be around. And I've decided it's for a few different reasons. Number one, you know how when you know you're getting a break, you can see it on the horizon, you start to come apart at the seams a little? Is that just me? God, I hope not. It's like you know you get to let loose and let your guard down so soon that you can barely hold it together one more second. It's like help is on the way. Help in the form of Grammy and Papa, bless. And the other reason I lose my shit leading up to the trip is that I start to absolutely panic that something is going to happen to ruin it. COVID, strep, stomach bugs, blizzards, disasters. I catalog every single thing that would prevent either my parents from being able to make it here to my kids being in decent enough shape to leave for a weekend, to our own health, to the winter road conditions. I basically just go down an anxiety rabbit hole. And we have had a few years where things were rough. One year we had to cut our trip a day short because we had a coughing toddler at home and an impending blizzard coming the next day. You should have seen me on the car ride down the mountain that day. I kept my face pressed to the window as I cried bitterly and then alternately shamed myself for being so disappointed that I had to, you know, return home to my darling children. But the kids were little then and damned if I didn't need that time. And then when my youngest was 16 months old, I literally weaned her so that I could take this trip as she was one of those babies who refused to ever take a bottle and I clearly couldn't leave my parents with that nightmare. And then I weaned her and wound up with an ear infection so bad that my doctor said it was possible my eardrum might rupture on the way up the mountain. It didn't. But I couldn't hear out of one ear the whole time and I'm pretty sure I cried the whole weekend and like what? 10 years later, it still like rings in infamy. I weaned my baby for this. So yeah, we've had a few minor upsets, but nothing to justify my absolute freak out that the trip will be ruined every single year. And it dawned on me if maybe we made this a semi-annual or more often even than that trip, maybe I wouldn't be so desperate that I lost my damn mind leading up to it. That scarcity mentality wouldn't take over. I mean, our kids are older now and it's more feasible. It almost feels like self-sabotage that I make myself so desperate for respite that I nearly have a nervous breakdown imagining I might not get it. Okay, so that's the first stage, the preparation, aka utter breakdown. And then if I've knocked on wood enough and we actually get out the door and make it up the mountain, sweet relief. There is nothing, nothing like getting in that packed car and putting on our favorite music and getting the hell out of town. I think every year we, I at least say, we did it, like every time. And like Lucy said, upon arriving at the airport, there is this utter sense of freedom from responsibility, as in, I have nothing I need to do. There is nothing for me to do except be. I mean, breathe that in. 
I live for the moment we walk into our immaculate condo and then instantly fuck it up with all our stuff. No, that's not true. First, I unpack the whole suitcase, hanging up my nice clothes, filling up the drawers, neatly lining up my cosmetics on the bathroom counter. Did I mention we each get our own bathroom? I picked the one with the steam shower. Heaven. We put the coffee accoutrements on the kitchen counter. Do I travel with my milk froth or cinnamon and honey? Yes, yes I do. We fill the fridge with milk, cream, sparkling rosé, cheese, chocolate. Okay, I think I'm actually going to cry right now. Okay, we settle in. I carefully select a novel to read for our Estes weekend every year. I put great thought into it. I cannot be reading a dud on this trip. This year I read Mad Honey. It was incredible. I think actually like Jodi Picoult comes out with the book and I read it every year at Estes. So... It was great. I brought three other backup books, though, just in case, and two journals and my favorite pen. I bring my neck pillow and my heating pad every year. I intend to be comfortable. And every night, it's another of our favorite restaurants. I eat incredible food, steak, mashed potatoes, polenta, local trout and wild-caught salmon, root vegetables, panna cotta, chocolate mousse, not to mention cocktails that taste like they were handcrafted by Jesus Christ himself. Uh, we watch movies. I read my book. We shop and shop and shop in the local boutiques on the downtown Main Street. My husband is actually my favorite shopping partner, no lie. And he patiently waits as I try on clothes and encourages me to buy things that make me feel happy. Then we lay out our treasures on the beds in the second bedroom, making sure there are equal numbers for each of our children, and then we go back out the next day if one of them is lacking. We get in the hot tub at least once a day, sometimes with the sun on our faces, sometimes gazing up at the stars. I start my morning by bundling up in the ridiculous bathrobe that, yes, I did bring with me, and uh, shout out to the Chrissy Teigen cravings teddy bear robe, oh my God, and hat and slippers, and I drink my coffee on the porch. Sometimes I meditate or journal. This year, I even wrote some haiku, thanks to Autumn, who led a haiku workshop in our Her Story Summit and inspired me. I can't describe the peace and relief when I do this every year. Three mornings to sit in silence in the winter air with the sun shining over the mountains. Three mornings to sip the best coffee that I carefully prepared with all of the things I brought and feel that sensation of, exhale, I'm here. I'm home. A few years ago, I got my favorite morning Estes Park view tattooed on the inside of my right forearm. I wanted to bring that sense of peace that I experienced in those quiet mornings back with me. A permanent reminder to mindfully tap in to what that feels like and integrate it into my regular busy, noisy days. There's just nothing like it. Sure, in the summers when we aren't rushing off to school, I'll drink my coffee in my hammock chair in the backyard, and it's pretty damn great. Relaxing, sure, but there's just something about being elsewhere where you aren't responsible. Which brings us to the final stage, re-entry. If I were being optimistic, I would say integration, where one carefully injects the zen one cultivated over the weekend back into the family dynamic and routine. But who am I kidding? It's a shit show, and one member of the family or other will inevitably shatter the bubble of calm within hours, if not minutes. And if by some miracle there is household harmony upon our return, the next day everyone goes back to school and work and you're back on the hamster wheel. But maybe with less tense muscles from the massages and steam showers and hot tub soaks... And with cute new clothes or jewelry, I don't know. I think the letdown is impossible to avoid. 
I try to give myself little vines to swing from, things to look forward to, whether it's a homemade latte or a new novel to read, or a friend date or an early bedtime. But it's inevitably prickly, that contrast between utopia and reality. We had a two-hour snow delay one morning the week after we returned, and while it did utterly derail my day, there was one little gift— My daughters and I woke up about the same time as we usually did. We maybe slept in half an hour later. And then we just peacefully began our mornings, alone in our respective bedrooms, without a rush to leave the house. We meandered through our routine slowly with two beautiful hours to do what we needed to do. And it made me pine for a lifestyle in which this was the norm. Like, why can't we have this luxurious slowness to begin our days to ease in? And is the contrast between a frenetic, productive pace what makes the getaway so beautiful? If that's the case, I don't like it. Because if the sweet elements are all the sweeter because a momcation is such a departure from reality, that means the pendulum swing back to the stressful and mundane is all the more jarring. I know that the point of vacations is an escape, but shouldn't our lives be even slightly less overwhelming and chaotic to reduce the whiplash effect of reentry? Maybe that's a pipe dream. And maybe other people don't experience it with the same intensity that I do. As Glennon Doyle has said, my nervous system is too nervous for the system. I think about that often as I reflect on what elements of Estes Park I can bring into my life, what I can integrate into daily routines or weekly ones or monthly ones, practices and rituals that would eliminate that psychotic anticipation experience I have before a much-needed getaway. I think we need both. We need the occasional complete departure from reality, and we need small moments and tiny gifts so that we aren't so depleted we morph into hungry hedonism monsters once we actually get a chance to receive. That's going to be my commitment to myself. Plan the next actual real escape from reality, a getaway that's either solo or with an adult loved one or two, and actually make an effort to integrate the gifts that I gave myself while I was away into the moments when I'm back home. Sound too good to be true? Stay tuned. I'll let you know. We'll see you next time on the Mother Plus Podcast. I have to know, do we have any other listeners out there who took a momcation after listening to that episode? If you did, or you just have your own amazing momcation story, I need you to contact us at hello at motherplusser.com and tell us all about it. We would love to have you on the show. I think the more proof we have out there that there are moms who are doing this, taking time for themselves, the more we can inspire other moms to do it as well. Steph and I have this dream, pie in the sky dream of creating our own momcation retreat with the Mother Plus podcast audience. I want us to band together and normalize moms taking time for themselves because they want to. So send us the information about it. If you went, we will get you on the show. We will make this a regular series of moms who are taking momcations and telling other moms about it. If you want to stay updated on upcoming Mother Plus events, please visit www.motherplus.com forward slash sign up hyphen page. See you next week, guys. It's been a pleasure.